bringing relevant and engaging insights to human resource and talent development professionals. This is Talent Champions with Diana Thomas, sponsored by Franklin Covey. Here is your host, Diana Thomas. Welcome to another episode of Talent Champions. I'm thrilled today to have my colleague and friend, Mary McNevin, join us. Mary's currently the talent leader at U.S. Venture. She's worked in the learning field for over 20 years, and she's a graduate of the prestigious doctoral program at the University of Pennsylvania for Chief Learning Officers. It was an interdisciplinary program between Wharton and the Graduate School of Education, a really impressive program. And she's an avid networker. Welcome, Mary. Glad to have you. Thanks, Diana. I'm glad to be here. I don't know if you remember how we met, but we met, I think it was 15 years ago. It was at my first networking event, and I remember being a little nervous and wondering if this was the best use of my time. And I remember when you introduced yourself, things changed for me. You did such a wonderful introduction, starting with, and I'm Mary, and I supply the French fries for Diana and her company. And I was like, wow, somebody I know and I'm connected to as far as through your company. And I just remember that as such a positive experience. Oh my gosh, I remember it too. And it was a delight when we got to meet and connect because not only did we become friends, we became such good professional partners networking back and forth between our two companies. So that was a great example of when a network that you might wonder, does it pay off or not? It really paid off, I think, for you and I. Oh, absolutely. But before we get into the topic of networking, because you've been doing some exciting things, why don't you give us a little bit of background about what you've been up to and how you ended up in the current role that you're in now? Okay, so just to give you a background, I ended up probably like so many other people in learning and development more by accident than by design. I was in a management training program with John Deere Credit and ended up uh, finding myself into the role of a training coordinator. I worked through a number of companies, companies that you may or may not recognize. One might be Oshkosh Bagash. Then I worked for McCain Foods when we were the a supplier of french fries for McDonald's. That was really a fun job. I worked there probably over 12 years. Then I worked for a healthcare company. And now in the last 90 days, I just switched to a new role. And I work for a company called US Venture in Wisconsin. Great. Well, tell us a little bit more about US Venture and how you ended up there. Well, this is an interesting networking story, Diana. I had been decided I wanted to get back into the Midwest. I had moved down to Louisville, Kentucky. And for personal reasons, I wanted to get back somewhere. I was looking in Chicago, Minneapolis, and I never dreamt there would be a job in the talent arena that I would be interested in Appleton, Wisconsin. It's about an hour away from where my family lives. And I saw this job for U.S. Venture, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I really know anybody at U.S. Venture, but I'll go ahead and apply for the job. And about two hours later, I get an email through LinkedIn, and it's from somebody I worked with over 15 years ago who said, hey, we have this new job at U.S. Venture that just came open, and I'm wondering if you know of anybody who might be interested in it. 
And I wrote back and I said, hey, Amy, I just applied for that job about two hours ago. I'd love to talk to you guys. And I happen to be coming to Wisconsin this weekend. So within a few days, I was up and interviewing. And that shows the power of having networks from even years ago that pay off, because I truly think that that helped open the door for me. Wow, what a great story and great connections. You never know when your paths cross with someone how they might affect you and help you or how you can help them. I see that time and time again. And it's fun to reconnect with people. You know, sometimes having that distance or that time is actually kind of beneficial because you grew somewhat differently. And reconnecting is actually really delightful in many, many ways. I agree. I agree. Let's define what we mean by networking. What does networking mean to you? That's a good question. I like this definition I heard from David Berkus. He wrote the book, A Friend of a Friend. And he says it's about understanding the network around you, knowing who is a friend, and then knowing who is a friend of a friend. And that's your network. And I thought that was a great definition of a network. So I think of it often as who are my strong ties, people that I'm very close to, but then friends of friends would be more like your weak ties, your weaker network, but they're very, very valuable. Yeah, I like that definition because you never know who you're connected to and how they're connected and how you could leverage that. I had a huge paradigm shift around networking. And I think you and I had talked a little bit about this, especially as we've developed training and our teams have developed training for so many groups of people. And we're always trying to get people to network and learn and grow a little bit more. But I remember going to an event and I was early on in my career. And going to these events was a little uncomfortable. Like, what do you say to people? You walk into a room and you go in there and you're supposed to talk to people. And I remember this one woman, I I wish I could remember her name, but she did this little exercise with us. It was a room full of people. And she said, get up and find someone and just talk to them about the weather. But I want you to go over there and talk to them as if you don't want to talk to them and you are just dreading this conversation. So I remember doing that thinking, wow, this is kind of bizarre. And then she said, now I want you to find a different person and imagine that person is your long lost friend and that you're so excited to meet them and then ask them about the weather and start talking. And it was amazing that that was just such different energy. It always reminds me, you know, when I'm approaching people, are you, am I approaching them like I'm really excited to see them or am I approaching them like, oh man, this is something I have to do. Oh, I know. And I do think networking can be fun and can be exciting, but so many people dread it and they do treat it like it's something they don't want to do. Yeah. The other thing that she said to us is think about moving to a new town and you need to go to a really important meeting and you're having a tooth problem and you need to go to the dentist. Are you just going to open up the phone book or the internet and just pick a person or see a sign and say, hey, I'm going to go there? Or are you going to ask someone? And, you know, almost everybody in the room raised their hand and said, of course, we'd ask somebody. We don't want to go in and have somebody pull out a tooth that doesn't need to be pulled out. <laughs> (laughs) She said, you know, everybody will say they'll do that, 
But you think about how important the decisions you're making at your job and the resources, why wouldn't you use that same logic and ask others for input? And I just remember at that point was like a paradigm shift, like, wow, why don't I reach out a little bit more? And, and it isn't as scary. I just need to go into it with the right mindset and think about how I can help that person. Because if you can help somebody, usually they will turn around and help you when you need it. Right. Right. And I think so often it's really flattering when somebody asks you for advice or they ask you for your insights. So it does help open up that door and make it more comfortable to make it a give and take relationship rather than just give only or take only. Yeah. Especially with talent individuals, whether they're in HR or learning or true talent. I just think that these people are some of the most giving people in regards to sharing knowledge and wanting to learn from each other. A pretty special group. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about, you had mentioned in my intro that I went to the UPenn, the Executive Doctoral Program for Chief Learning Officers. You know, you go to class for years with this group of people and you have the classroom experience. And often you'd have the after the classroom experience where you're then saying, oh, what did you think about that faculty member? Do you buy what they were saying? Do you not buy it? And you start to really build a great relationship with them. And that becomes an amazing network from that point forward. I would say like when you think about my UPenn network, if I send out a text today and I say, hey, does anybody have an example of XYZ, whether it's the latest talent review process or performance management or what are they doing the latest and greatest with talent acquisition, probably within 30 minutes, I will have at least three or four responses from my network. In fact, I did that last week. I said, I want to do something for an executive retreat, sent it out to my network. And within probably 10 minutes, I had two great concepts that people were saying, have you thought about this? Or here's one we've tried at my company. And it's just like getting a new hairdresser. It's, I don't want to recommend this to my CEO and the senior leadership team unless I know somebody I trust has actually seen it and and thought it was a good experience. That's a great example. So thinking about networking, what other benefits have you seen from networking and having a strong network? Well, the one I just talked about, it's really finding information quickly and rapidly. So there's so many times I come across a business problem or an opportunity I shoot out a text or I'll shoot out an email and I can get um, responses from people right away. And I think that that's a real benefit for me and for also for my company. Another one is I've had friends that have been really looking for jobs or needing somebody to open a door. In fact, I think I've had a few friends contact you, Diana, over the years. And it really is great because I wouldn't give you somebody's name unless I recommended them. And it saves you the time because you know that I wouldn't have you networking with somebody to open that door for that person unless I thought they were of value to you because we have this trusted relationship. And there's really nothing more fun than bringing two amazing people together, whether it's working on a project, whether it's a supplier partnership, or whether it's actually somebody hiring somebody. So I think that that's a real big benefit of networking. Yeah, 
That's an excellent example, especially how the world has changed. You know, you think back years past, you could call and find out what kind of worker someone is and, you know, what was their track record and what are their strengths. But nowadays, you know, with some of the confidentiality and companies are not sharing. So being able to use your network and give positive recommendations on people is a fabulous way to help people get in the right seats and for people to hire some wonderful talent. So I think about all the references. People have reached out to me like, I know you worked in this company and it did work with this company. Did you ever use this supplier? Or here's a person that's done a fabulous job that's now available. So I love that aspect of really being able to help people, you know, connect the right people together, fabulous people so that they can continue to impact at the highest level. Yes, for sure. Right. One of the challenges, I mean, I experienced this as a talent leader, but I also hear my clients that I coach that are in the talent space complain about that they're challenged with finding the time to network. Do you have some good networking tips on how do you create and stay in touch with this network? I think there's a couple of ways that I've been finding it to be somewhat successful. So You and I have belonged to a CLO, Chief Learning Officer Network, for probably 15 years. And that network, they really communicate twice a year face-to-face. And then throughout the year, we can shoot out a group email asking, does anybody know somebody who does XYZ or ABC? And I think once you've met face-to-face, it's easier to ask for help or to offer help to those people. So I think that that's been a really good way is to actually have a formal networking group. So I would say that CLO group is one I have, but also my UPenn group. A lot of people will lose touch with their classmates. And our group has deliberately stayed together. And we will usually get together at least one weekend a year. And we will share best practices But then again, if we have a comment or a question, we can send out a text to that group, a group text. And we all know each other well enough that we will be able to freely share information and help each other out. So that's what I would do with some of my stronger ties. But for weaker ties, I think that people that are more acquaintances than true friends, I'll often reach out to them with a quick email Um, I might shoot them an article if I know they're working on XYZ or say, hey, I know you're working on a digital transformation. My friend over here is doing the same thing. Would you two like to connect? So sometimes that's what I do for the week ties. And people are usually very thankful for that. I would say now that I've just recently moved back home to Wisconsin after being gone six years, what I'm trying to do is um, do some working lunches. So I've met up with many of our suppliers, our partners, but also old suppliers and old partners for lunch or after work just for a quick meeting to say, okay, I'm back in town. What are you up to that's new and learning a little bit about each other? So I find it really pays off doing this probably the first six months of my returning will pay off for years to come that I'm investing that time right now. Well, knowing you and how you work, I'm sure it's going to pay off. So thinking about our audience, our talent champions, who would you recommend that they should have in their network? And then how do they find these people if they don't already have a network built? Mm -hmm. So I think 
diversity is key for a network. You don't want to have just learning people or talent people or HR people in your network. You need to also have business people of all different types. So I think that that's the first thing. How you connect with them can be done a number of different ways. I recently just got an advisory board um, for one of the schools in our area. And so that's going to open up a whole new network of people that are other business people from other companies that I will find to be of value. So I think that that's important. Doing any type of service organization, um, I've seen a number of people serve on boards. I was on the ATD board. That was an excellent way to meet people from different companies than people I would normally be rubbing shoulders with, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with somebody that worked at Twitter or Amazon or Netflix. And that's really fun. Um, But you're serving on a board, you're giving, but you're able to really connect with other people from different types of industries. So I think that's important. Another thing I think that's interesting is this relationship between strong ties, your strong network, or your weak network. And there's a study, it was in Adam Grant's book on give and take. He cited a study about people when they were recently changing jobs. And this is kind of a little bit surprising. 17% of them heard of their job from somebody who has a strong tie. So a door opener. So it'd be like, Diana, you sending me, here's a job, take a peek at it. But 28% of them heard about the job from a weak tie. So it might be a friend of yours, Diana, that sends to me. So somebody who's more of an acquaintance is more likely to help you find that job because they can cast a different net than what you and I would have because our network is very similar. So in a way, it's kind of just like what happened with my U.S. venture job. My friend Amy, who is, I would consider a weak tie, we probably hadn't spoken in 15 years was a weak tie, but that's how I ended up finding my job as opposed to a strong tie network person. Yeah. Now, great advice. Having it as diverse as possible, advisory boards or on service boards, anytime that you can get groups like peers, similar roles or in different companies together, you know, that opens the door. When you're doing work together, you you tend to get to know each other at a different level and then you can feel even more comfortable to reach out. I love that. You mentioned LinkedIn earlier. Tell me a little bit about how you're using LinkedIn and do you have any suggestions for people that aren't on LinkedIn as actively or maybe, you know, at all? They've just set up their profile and kind of walked away from it. Do you support using LinkedIn or suggestions on how they could use it a little bit better? Well, I think LinkedIn is important. I like using LinkedIn for me to reach out to people. Sometimes I can say, I know I met this person at this conference. He was from Colgate and I can't remember her name, but I can use LinkedIn and I can pull up Colgate and see my connections and I'll be able to figure out who that person was that I met or that I would like to follow up with and say, I heard you speak on this. Let me follow that out. So that's a really great way to stay in touch. About two weeks ago, I was speaking at a conference in New York City. And this woman during our lunch break said, if we all go on LinkedIn at the same time, there's a really quick way that we could all um, link in and and get connected to each other very, very quickly. 
And I found that to be very effective because it's passing out and receiving business cards that I really honestly don't keep anymore. I just would rather have a LinkedIn network. I get a lot of recruiters that reach out to me. And right now I'm not looking to move at all, but it helps me because those are the jobs. If they're looking for me, they're looking for somebody like my network. And I find that a lot of recruiters are using LinkedIn in that regard. And if I know somebody is looking for a role, and this role happens to be a fit for them and the geography in which they want to live, I'm very quick to share that and send that to somebody. And I think LinkedIn's really helped change the game for job hunting in that regards. The one con I have is sometimes people are just connecting with me simply to sell to me. And that's always a little awkward because they're not really building a relationship first. They're just coming in and saying, I need 15 minutes of your time. Often it's not even on a topic that I'm interested in right now. So that would be the only con that I've had with LinkedIn. Yeah, I agree with that. Somebody sent me today. I want to talk to you about why you should consider buying our LMS. And that was the connection message. And I was like, I don't need an LMS, you know, and it was like, (laughs) wow, if that person would have reached out, like I've seen your background and I work for this company, I'd love to be in the same network. I would have said yes, you know, but instead it was all about just getting a sale. And and so that I think that's great advice, especially to our listeners that are trying to sell anything, you know, think about how you're approaching that person. That can happen in person as much as it can in LinkedIn. I recently was out socially for an event in the town in which I live. And this two other people joined my husband and I, and probably within 15 minutes, one of the people was trying to sell to me. I do XYZ and I'd like to do this in your company. And it just took me back because instead of planting seeds and developing that relationship, the person was going for the sale right away. And it's in a social setting and it was almost like coming on too strong in LinkedIn. Sometimes in networking, coming on too strong to try to sell right away is inappropriate. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially working for a large company when they see a large company name on your name badge. I remember at receptions, just feeling like I was being attacked by vendors. And there were certain groups that I personally would not even look at their products because of how I was approached. I, now being you know out of a large company and working for myself and working with so many different leaders, I think about that. And it's not about what you can give to somebody, but it's truly caring about wanting to connect to them and, and you know support them and get to know them, even if you don't end up working with them. Well, you mentioned going to different networking events. Do you have some favorite events or networking learning talent things that you would recommend to our audience to check out if they haven't? Well, for me, um, ATD, which is around talent, I think that that's a good one for me. And even at their international conference, they always have anybody who served on the board can meet together for dinner and drinks one night during that conference. So that's a great way that they've done to really keep that network going. I think really having my CLO group that you and I belong to for over 15 years is fantastic. And then really anytime you go to school is staying in touch, even if it's just like a two-day conference, like the one in New York. I have now about 50 new contacts from there. And in fact, um, 
I had just set up a meeting with another person who is in a similar industry because I'm in a learning curve. And he and I are going to be talking the first week of January. And that's a true gift. So any types of these events, whether they're geared towards your profession, if you can get to them, get two or three good contacts, that can make your life so much easier. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And one thing that was kind of a turning point for me is small group networking events. We had probably 10 or 12 where we sessions where we only had like three or five people that we would bring together, whether it was where you were working or where I was working. And there's something really nice about a small group, too, where you can say, here's some challenges I'm having, and let's help each other brainstorm. I think those were some of the most successful, not even those big events, but just pulling a few people together and talking through whether it was on the phone or face-to-face. I think out of all the events, that those are my most favorite, and I think I learned the most and grew the most in those sessions. I totally agree. These small groups, I remember one time... I brought my team with your team and we were trying to share knowledge between our two learning teams to say, what can we learn from each other? So an instructional designer is talking to another instructional designer and sharing best practices. And you have the ability to be a little more vulnerable with a small group than a big group. And I think those are where you really can start to transform uh, relationships Yeah, that was very a very fruitful event because they stayed in touch for years when they can call somebody else and we've already opened the door for them. I had forgotten about that was a really good, uh, smart thing to do. And I think that must have been your idea through that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we think about, you know, where we are today and who's impacted us, one of the things I love to ask my guest is, who's had the greatest impact on your professional life? And you wouldn't be where you are today without that person's influence. Does a person come to mind for you? Well, yes, it does. And it's somebody you know as well. His name is Bill Wiegenhorn. And when I was just joining that network that we belonged to at that time, I remember talking to a woman named Terry. And I said, hey, Terry, I'm in my very first global learning role. Overseen US learning, but I've never done it when it's outside of the country. I said, I need to talk to somebody. And who should I talk to? And she says, Well, you need to call Bill Wiggenhorn. So I picked up the phone, I called him. I said, Hi, Bill, my name's Mary McNevin. Um, you don't know me, but I work for McCain Foods and I'm in my first global learning role. And I really need to learn from someone like you. And he was generous. He was kind. He was patient. He offered for me and my boss to fly out to meet him, which we did. And then he opened up doors for us to meet with all the key contacts for us to really help set up our very first global learning center. And think how good that was for them as well as it was for us. And he got us into companies that I wouldn't have known. And he truly transformed how we set up learning in that organization. So, He's been a true gift to me personally, and I suspect he has been to you as well. Yeah, and I think when you introduced us, he was the chief learning officer for Motorola and actually set up Motorola University. So as the person that was leading Hamburg University, he was an invaluable resource. But um, I'll never forget my first conversation with him because you introduced us and he came to Hamburg University and he said to me, I actually wrote about this in, in my book, you know, be more strategic. He said, 
Diana, what are you going to do to be current and to be effective in the next five years? Because if you don't stay current and you don't keep learning, you're not going to be able to lead this learning organization. And I remember being, wow, really taken back. I had just finished my MBA, just finally gotten to the officer of this, you know, wonderful company leading learning like my dream job. And here's somebody saying, you're not going to have the knowledge and skills to do this in five years. And boy, was he right. He was so insightful in regards to things were changing so much. And I really started to say every week, I've got to spend some time and learn something and reach out and use my network. I can definitely understand why he had that impact on you and you brought him up. What final piece of advice do you have for our talent champions? I would say the biggest thing about networking is giving more than taking. So if you see a job open that might work for somebody, send it to them. Don't withhold that. If you see an article that they might be interested in reading, send it to them. Or if you see an article that somebody in your network has written, share it on social media, tweet it, share it on Facebook, help them get their brand out. So I think one of the things that I'm a big believer in is opening doors for other people. And I think that that's really some of the most joyful times is when I see that, okay, this person did this, how do I promote that in one way, shape or form? And I think that that's one way to really kind of keep nurturing your network. Wow, such great advice. And you are somebody that doesn't just talk it, you walk that. So that is who Mary McNevin is. It's been wonderful having you a guest today. How could our listeners get in touch with you or stay in touch with you and continue to learn from you and maybe be part of your network? Oh, I am on LinkedIn. It's Mary McNevin. And my company is US Venture, V-E-N-T-U-R-E. And my email address is mmcnevin at usventure.com. So feel free to reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email. I'm happy to always um, continue growing my network because I think it's one of the uh, most fun parts of my job. Great. Thanks so much. It really has been fun. Really enjoyed connecting with you again. You too. And it's been fun reconnecting. Thanks so much, Diana. If you enjoyed Mary's episode, come back on January 17th when I'll be continuing the networking discussion with Mike Dulworth, CEO of Executive Networks, author and networking expert. We'll be talking about how to evaluate the health of your current network, as well as how to make your network one of your strongest professional assets. And in the meantime, if you have an idea for a topic or guest you'd like us to address on Talent Champions, send us a message through our website, talent-champions.com. That's talent-champions.com. Have a great rest of your week and always keep learning and growing. Thanks for listening to Talent Champions with Diana Thomas. For more information about today's show or to receive more valuable insights, please visit franklincovey.com slash talent champions. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out Franklin Covey's other podcasts, Great Life, Great Career with Scott Miller and Franklin Covey on Leadership, available from your favorite podcast provider.